You are listening to the podcast series for Mission to Amish People. Mission to Amish People is a Christian ministry with a threefold purpose of evangelizing and discipling Amish and former Amish, helping Amish people who leave their communities by helping them transition into the English world, and by presenting the ministry to churches nationwide. You can find out more about Mission to Amish People by going to their website at www.mapministry.org. This podcast is entitled The Testimony of Andrew and Sarah Koblenz and is part one of two. Lord Jesus, in your word, you said that if we confess men, we confess you before men, you will confess us before the Father. And tonight as Andrew and Sarah make that confession public of of how you've touched them. I just pray you'd give them strength. pray you'd bless them and cover them and lead them by the Holy Spirit um, to say the words you want them to speak. And so, God, we give you thanks. We dedicate this night to you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to greet you all in the name of Jesus and want to, want to welcome you. Definitely have uh, a lot of friends here, relatives here in the front row. I, I welcome all of you. And the, the one thing that I, I do want to clarify is that aside from, from Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and God, we have no testimony. Uh, it's not of ourself. And tonight we, we certainly don't want to uh, do any finger-pointing, discriminating, or blaming a certain people, culture, or denomination for for anything that has occurred in our life, but rather we want to glorify God. And I guess uh, I do have a problem tonight, Robert. I have a I have a five-minute version of our testimony, like what we shared at Leaders Alive, and then I have a three-hour version. So I'm not sure <laughs> I'm not sure what we're going to do, but I'll give the five-minute version first. I guess um, there's a song that that basically describes our testimony in brief. And, and the words of that song is, Had it not been for a place called Mount Calvary, had it not been for the old rugged cross, had it not been for that man called Jesus, then forever our soul would be lost. And, and so tonight we stand here, we, we really don't have any reputation to protect anymore. We have nothing to prove, nothing to lose. And, and I say that not proudly, but by the grace of God. To, uh, to give a little bit of, of my side of the testimony is uh, I grew up in, a, uh, in an Amish home, obviously, and uh, I grew up having a lot of fear. I remember coming home from school and just crying because I, I, was, so, I was so driven by perfectionism, OCD. I couldn't do my chores alone. I couldn't pray alone. I couldn't bathe alone. There were so many things I couldn't do alone because I was so afraid that I'd do something wrong and God would strike me down or he would send me to hell or something. And I recall hearing one Sunday evening that a, a neighbor down the road had died. And this guy lived in this little, this little run-down, beat, beaten-up trailer. And he, he was a drunk and he... He, was, he would swear and curse every other word. And, and when I found out he died, there was just something that hit me that, you know what, I think I'm going to die tonight too. If he died, I'm going to die too. And so I remember that night, most of the night, my bed was shaking. 
and and I literally remember hearing the bed bed shaking and creaking. It had some old springs in the bottom, and it would shake and shake that night. And finally, I crawled down to my mom and dad's bedroom into their bed, and I just lay between them, and I just shook and shook. And mom, she would she would do her best. She did everything she could. And you know, the the thing that stopped the shaking was when she read the twenty third Psalm. And I still remember her quoting the 23rd Psalm and the Lord's Prayer. Those two things would stop the shaking and I would find some rest. But then it would, it would return. It was awful. Anyway, uh, I also had a fear of death. Yeah, I had a fear of death. I had a fear of, of losing my health. Uh, fear, I remember coiling around on the, on the floor with, with stomach ache at times and wishing to die. And, and I, it drove me into the natural health field which is, is, is good in a way. I, I did learn a lot about uh, the, the body, and I worked as a, as a doctor of natural medicine for a number of years. But there's also a dark side to natural medicine, which was uncovered in, in Robert and Lily's office, and, and we repented of any of the witchcraft, the homopathic type, the side of that. And uh, as a teenager in early marriage, I was addicted to immorality, um, immoral thoughts, all kinds of stuff. I found significance in what I did. Again, I was an achiever. I was a uh, perfectionist. I hated God and authority. I hated God and authority with a passion. And I'm not sure why. I know there were some incidents that happened earlier in my school years that I developed a deep hatred for any type of authority. And, uh, and you know, with that hatred came a, an unhealthy fear of God. I was so afraid of God, and I didn't know it. I remember... One day in, in Robert's office, I came with a totally locked heart. We had done a number of sessions. I came with a totally locked heart, and, and I just had told myself that nothing that Robert's are going to say today or nothing that we pray is going to open this heart. I am just, I don't know why, I'm just locked up. And I think it was really the enemy um, doing that. Anyway, Robert did something that day that he's never done before. He got out his little, uh, you know, that thing that you see pasted on the side of Robert's head a lot, that little phone thing that he has. <laughs> anyway, he, he opened that up and he Googled a song or YouTubed a song called Are You Afraid to Die? If you want to get ready to play that in the back there, there, there is a song by Ricky Skaggs called Are You Afraid to Die? And as I was listening to that song, all of a sudden it touched the core pain, the fear in my heart. And the floodgates opened, and I remember sobbing like I haven't sobbed in a long time because all of a sudden I knew that God was not who I thought he was. He sent his, 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 his son Jesus. He died on the cross. He came to set captives free, open prison doors. And that's the message for all of you tonight. If there's anyone here tonight whose heart is locked with fear or bitterness or, or even the rage issue that I had, there was a spirit of rage that that I got set free of. I remember the evening here at Griner when, the, when they prayed, the men prayed for me. And I remember feeling that spirit of rage leave me. And you know, since that day, I can't, I can't remember that I had a rage attack. Well, wait a minute, I had one at, at my horse. <laughs> but anyway, I, as the horse was going down the road, uh, my wife was driving him, I said, Lord, I, f- I, wanna, I choose to forgive that horse. <laughs> and, and you know what? I haven't had a rage attack since that day that I know of. But Praise the Lord. Um, but yeah, let this song speak to your heart as, as it did to me that, that day. It's called Are You Afraid to Die? It has a, a, a foreword by a, um, Billy Graham. Yeah.
I believe the time for everyone to be born and die is in God's hands. If it's my time to die, I'm prepared. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. I was asked by a person today, are you absolutely sure that you're going to heaven? I said, I'm absolutely sure. Not because of anything I've done. I've sinned. I'm going to heaven because of what Christ did on that cross and the fact that God raised him from the dead. What about you? Is there a doubt in your heart if you died at this moment you'd go to heaven? Now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. Come while you can. Just to go a little farther in our testimony, we had a, in 2009, we had a a little boy uh, called Kevin, Kevin Josiah, and he was a, a tormented boy from the day that he was born. And he had this sleep disorder where he literally didn't sleep more than about one, two, maybe three hours a night for over a year. And I remember soon after he was born, he had these rage attacks that I didn't know what to do with him. He'd become stiff as a board, red as a beet, and he was just, you could see he was tormented or he was extremely angry, one or the other, and maybe both. And if you can imagine, I think Hitler could have done well with, with, his, um, with his tormenting, with his, with his tactics, if he'd have added another one called sleep deprivation. Because if you can imagine only a set of young parents only getting a few hours of sleep a night for over a year, that does something to a human mind. I remember pacing the floor in that, that, that hot summer, those hot summer nights with Kevin. And I would get thoughts of, of knives, like cutting up Kevin or putting him on the stove, throwing him out the window. Things that... that I couldn't fathom that I was actually thinking, but I was so tired, and the enemy had such a grip on our, on our minds and our lives. We were full of fear, full of condemnation, and we literally sat in, in darkness and in the shadow of death, as it speaks about in, in, Mar, in Matthew and Luke, and where it talks about Jesus came and he brought a great light for those who sat in the shadow of darkness and the fear of death. And Jesus... I believe a God, I think, allowed some very difficult circumstances in our marriage, and especially with Kevin there. I'll, I'll let Sarah share about the, Kevin's drowning, where he drowned, and, and I believe God brought him back. But God allowed some very difficult things in our lives to bring us to our knees, to bring us to the point of seeing that, you know what, living under a law, living in condemnation and fear and beating ourselves into conformity and performance is not the answer to life. There is no life in law. And as we heard today, that neither do we want to walk in a way that where we throw all law away and walk in grace only and say that grace covers anything I want to do, but rather we, by grace we live above the law, if that makes sense to you. That there was a message shared by a brother... Uh, John today that I believe would be worth your time to to listen to online or get a DVD or something because it was great. It was a a balanced view of grace and law. But anyway, I remember coming home from from where I worked across the road 
at noon to eat lunch. And there, there was my wife sitting on the armchair holding Kevin, and she was, she was losing her mind, friends. She was literally losing her mind. Her sanity was going down the drain. And here I was, a young husband, standing beside my wife with my arm around her, tears running down my face, and just crying out to God, God, Lord God, there's got to be more in life. There's got to be an answer for this problem. And it seemed nobody had the answer. I, tr- I threw every medicine I could think of at Kevin and at my wife to help him sleep and to preserve my, my, my wife's mind. Nothing was working. And all that time, I believe God was allowing things to bring us to our knees and to bring us to a point of recognizing that, you know what? We need a Savior. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, it was in a very beautiful way that God brought us. And I don't mean to to glorify any people, but you have some very anointed pastors and people in this church, by the way. And and we did meet with, with Pastor Robert and Lily, and that was March of 2011 that we had our first session here in this office here. And it that has been a journey. The, the Holy Spirit was in that room in some very real ways when we got delivered. And... It was just beautiful. I remember one day that, that fear thing got broken, and then the, another time my rage at God and, and all of that got broken. I forgave God and, and, and later on uh, received the baptism of the Holy Spirit alone in, in my home there. But it's just been a beautiful journey. And, and there's many verses that I could share, but I, I think I will perhaps even end it here on my side with this verse. I waited patiently for the Lord. This is in Psalm 40, verse 1 through 3. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. And I would just like to give an invitation tonight, not necessarily an altar call or anything like that, but just a reflection in your own hearts. If there's anyone here that is burdened in any way, shape, or form, I wish to tell you that Jesus came to set captives free. He's come to open prison doors, as it says in Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. Now listen to this. To point unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes. Friends, if your life is nothing but a heap of ashes, I've got some news for you tonight. He's come to give you beauty for that. He's come to give you the oil of joy instead of mourning the garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. How many of us could identify with that spirit of heaviness? And, and especially when you live with it every day, when Jesus sets you free of that, you could literally leap up and down the streets of Shipshawan and praise him because he's come to set captives free. And that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Anyway, I think what we'll do, we'll share a a yodel that Sarah and I like to do together. It's called Jesus Set Me Free. And then is it okay if I just let you share your testimony at this time? We used to sing this a lot before our conversion, and now the words mean a lot to us. We didn't realize what we were singing at one time. 
My life was empty without a goal Then I let Jesus into my soul Now I'm so happy, seldom get low Since Jesus put a yodel in my soul Jesus, Jesus, Jesus set me free Jesus, Jesus, Jesus set me free He helped me give up my sinful ways Night and day I'm singing His praise All is well in my heart, I know Since Jesus put a yodel in my soul <clears throat> Jesus, Jesus, Jesus set me free Jesus, Jesus, Jesus set me free. Here's one that I don't think you've heard yet, Robert. It's called Making Melody. I don't know if you've heard it, but... Making melody in my heart, making melody in my heart, making melody in my heart unto the King of Kings. Worship and adore Him, worship and adore Him. Making melody in my heart unto the King of Kings. I'm so happy since I got saved to praise the Lord all day long. Like Psalms 149, I'm gonna sing unto Him a new song. Making melodies in my heart, making melodies in my heart. Worship and adore him, worship and adore him, making melodies in my heart unto the King of Kings. You can praise him with the trumpet and the guitar, you can praise him with the harp. Let me make a joyful noise with the yodeling sound from the melodies in my heart. Making melodies in my heart, making melodies in my heart. Worship and adore him, worship and adore him, making melodies and love unto the King of Kings. Making melodies in my heart, making melodies in my heart, making melodies in my heart unto the King of Kings. Worship and adore him, worship and adore him, making melodies in my heart unto the King of Kings. Thank you for listening to this podcast series. 
check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mapministry.org or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google+. Thank you again and have a blessed day.